friends, this is Camila with Introverted Improvisers, and I want to introduce our first play of the day. This is our first improv game together. It's actually, it's actually kind of more like a warm-up, but it maybe it could be played on stage because I find it pretty entertaining. So something I'll let you in on is that I think for most beginning improv classes, the first game that was always introduced to me after some kind of name game where we learn everyone's name in a kind of a fun way. First game is Zip Zap Zop. Zip Zap Zop, if you want the plosives in there. So I think this is most successful as a starter game because it hits so many important points of improv. Eye contact, physicality, readiness reaction, and it majorly celebrates mistakes. And in fact, half of the fun is screwing up. But it doesn't translate well to audio, and nor is it one of those more intimate, imaginative activities that I, as an introvert, adore. So here is my foundational game of introverted improvisers. We've already heard it in What's Improv, and we'll do it again. It's five things. Five Things is super versatile because it's not only a great introductory warm-up slash game for people new to improv, but in the improv world that you might already be accustomed to, you can heighten it, you can reimagine it, it can be refreshed, and you can just use it also in your everyday life when you're bored. It can be so down to earth that you can sneakily trick your unapproving friends into playing an improv game without them ever knowing you're doing it. So broadly, Five Things goes just like this. Person number one makes up a question with a fill-in-the-blank, five things X, Y, (laughs) Z. That's a terrible example, but let me me expand that. Uh, Five things a hummingbird would dream about, and person two lists off five things they come up with. This is a really good exercise for idea mining, and especially in uh, arts like writing or sketch or stand-up comedy. In an improv setting, after... People list their things. The group enthusiastically counts after each one. It's a way of building energy and releasing imagination. For example, five things a hummingbird dreams about is being a NASCAR driver. One, giant nectarous flowers. Two, treasure chests full of gems. Three, and so on. Most of the time, I believed this is introduced as listing the things as quickly as possible. Um... The way I like to play it at first is to reduce judgment and excitation about what you list so that that foundation isn't set that what you said has to be exciting. Because some people, they can do that really easily. But if you can't, and generally I can't without some amount of pause, I want to normalize not being too clever or too excited to find that weird thing that your relaxed brain naturally accesses. For example, I typed the hummingbird thing out um, and I had some time. I mean, as I'm typing, I'm also thinking about it. So my, my answers were, you know, a little bit more imaginative. So if I had to answer what are five things a hummingbird might dream about, very honestly, I'm going to do it right now because I haven't thought of it. Uh, Five things a hummingbird might dream about. Bees, nectar, fluffy little nests, teeny tiny eggs, stillness. And you know what? I, I really like that last one. It's, uh, it's 
it's kind of meaningful. Like, God, a, a hummingbird dreaming about stillness, like, that's kind of tragic. Or, or I don't know. Um, but I find that very moving. That's how I like to play five things at first. Trust those last few places your unique subconscious takes you. So for more experience practice, I often love to keep expanding five things in, in ways my imagination takes me. I've, I've heard other places, something like um, uh, more specific five things, five book titles uh, you would give your year spent in lockdown, five single lines of poetry you would write about homeownership, and continue to imagine five things in a specific character. Five ways a certain person would answer. For example, Catherine Hepburn answering five things she has on her mantelpiece. And so on. So I don't know if anyone else out there has done this. And if they have, please message me and I will give them credit in the show notes. But something I do with myself is um, in, is using a buildable five things. You take a really simple five things and then keep expanding, keep heightening, keep adding so that you go from simplicity to awesome specificity in a few sentences like this. What are five things you have in your refrigerator? What are five things Julia Child had in her refrigerator? What are five things Jeffrey Dahmer had in his refrigerator? What are five things Julia Child would cook for Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> oh, I always go dark. Let's try something light. What are five things you have in your car? What are five things you have in your car in the summertime? What are five things you have in your car on a summertime road trip? What are five things a Grateful Dead groupie would have in their car during the summer of love? Which is really easy to answer, by the way. It would be weed, 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 and weed. So this type of buildable five things very easily gets you used to more specificity, which is really important when you make things up on the spot with other people, and I'll talk about it later. But this building style can bridge the gap between thinking, gosh, I can't, I don't have a good imagination. And in four sentences with a simple tweak of a word, you've just got a really super cool and weird question. So yes, you can do this. In the real world, I love five things as personal mental play. Sometimes to keep an active mind, rather than scrolling my phone when I'm waiting to get my oil changed, I'll look around for inspiration. Uh, five other names for Goodyear tires. Explode on the road. Tread lightly. Wheels on the car go round and round. Good decade. We aren't square. <laughs> the, yep. There it is. So uh, if you work retail, this is a personal lifesaver as a brain trainer rather than a brain drainer, uh, which would be the customers. So finally, I think my favorite five things scenario is checking in with a group of people I haven't seen in a while. Depending on the group, uh, I might ask a slightly more personal five things with an extra layer. I ask something like, hey, five things you've done since last spring that you thought were really fun, and then ask them to speak more on one of those things. Hey, number three, you said you went parasailing. Tell me more about that. This opens up a short conversation, which we can all learn more about each other, and it's great for a little guidance, like ugh, a family Zoom, 
or or maybe something I actually use to get unacquainted improvisers uh, to get to know each other a little more when we do our online group meetings. So not only is this great for starting conversation, but you can also check out in the same way. You all agree that when you're done, you just say bye. Anyway, I'd love to know where this takes you. What are ways you would play five things? Would you play five things with me right now as I sign off? Tell me five things that make a bed more comfortable to you. And I'll let you think on that while I say, hey, share your voice with us. We'd love to hear from you. And we've totally got your back.